بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد We continue with our lessons in the book the six or six events from and the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and just to mention an, uh, an overview of how we started and where we are now the first event the scholar mentioned and regarding the event of the beginning of revelation upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he mentioned that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he was commanded to warn against shirk to warn and he against shirk to call people to tawheed to the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal alone and to warn against shirk which is the worship of other than Allah so this is how the author started his book he laid down a very important principle which he's going to build upon that so he's giving you the first step in the first event that Islam came and the Prophet ﷺ, he warned against shirk he warned against the worship of other than Allah and he commanded people to worship Allah alone so this is the main foundation here that the Shaykh has mentioned in the first event then the second event the scholar mentions another event and he clarifying that in the beginning of Al-Islam he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he called generally to Tawheed. He called and he generally to Tawheed and he prohibited generally against Shirk. And the people did not have any issue with that. But the other bit that the scholar adds and he, he extended another piece of information, very important piece of information to that asl, to that foundation, which is that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he clarified and prohibited against the different forms and types of shirk that when the polytheists they saw this from the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he was now specifying that this is shirk and that is shirk and that is shirk and prohibited people from it then they had an issue with it and he further, this is another very important point added to the first event that and in these affairs that were mentioned and Islam came and clarified the different types of shirk and prohibited prohibited and he, everybody prohibited the people and he to perform them then after building this understanding in the third event the scholars mentions an event and that includes a doubt of those al-mushrikeen a doubt and of a lot of those people who ascribe themselves to al-islam and they have this doubt that it is allowed to seek intercession from those who are righteous and pious those who are from the graves they are in the graves they have passed away that it is okay to seek intercession and he from them so that is the benefit from that and the third event that those who claim that intercession is allowed 
I need to seek intercession from those who have passed away. He brings that event, clarifies this and mentions this. And of course, falsifies it with evidence, invalidates it and it with evidence from the Quran. Now we have reached the fourth event. And another doubt here is clarified for us and which connects with and the previous one. And here in the fourth event, the author said, and the Al-Mawdi Al-Rabi', the fourth event, Qissatu Abi Talib, Faman Fahimaha Hasana, Wata'amala Iqrarihi bit Tawheed, Wata'amala Iqrarahu bit Tawheed, Wahathanas Ali. He said here in the fourth event, is regarding the event concerning Abi Talib. The story regarding Abi Talib and whosoever understands it well, whosoever and he understands it well and ponders in his acknowledgement and acceptance of Tawheed, and that even he encouraged the people to Tawheed, he encouraged people to accept Tawheed. A very important point here the authors mention is فَمَنْ فَهِمَهَا hasana And whosoever understands it, understands it well. But a lot of the times, and the people will be reading what we're reading here. But do they truly understand what they're reading? Are they taking the correct lessons and from what they read? A lot of the people do not. For them, reading about the seerah, reading hadith or reading Qur'an, it just becomes like a cultural practice where they read and they do not really extract anything beneficial from it, from aqeedah, from creed, from methodology. They just read and read and read just in their belief we are gaining hasanat, we are earning reward, we are sitting down and we are just reading the seerah. So fast, and they do it so fast, but they do not take the correct understanding from it because they do not understand it well, because they are not any pondering over it. So this is a very important point here that the scholar mentioned. So prepare your minds to understand it well, O reader, and ponder, and regarding Abi Talib. The uncle of the Prophet wasallam, that he accepted Tawheed, he acknowledged Tawheed, and he even encouraged the people to accept Tawheed, and he even ridiculed the intellect of the Mushrikeen, he ridiculed the intellect of the polytheists, the pagan Arabs. He even ridiculed them because he, Abu Talib, and he understood what Tawheed was and he was a person and he was attracted to Tawheed. He understood that Tawheed was the correct and the message and he ridiculed the, and he, the intellect of the Mushrikeen, those who worship idols, trees 
yani etc etc the righteous he yani really killed yani them and upon this no his love for those who accepted al-islam and he loved those who accepted al-islam because they were accepting tawheed yeah they were accepting tawheed and living shirk he loved those who accepted islam and freed themselves from shirk then know that he spent and his remaining years and his wealth and his children and his relatives he's used everything that he had fi nusrati rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he used everything his, he had from his and the remaining years of his life every single part of it his wealth and he, those people that he had an influence over status over his children and his close relatives his tribes and he, he used them for helping the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam until he died okay until abu talib and he died so he was constantly defending and helping the Prophet ﷺ. And he used everything he had from his and his status over people to help the Prophet ﷺ to defend him. And he said, know this regarding Abu Talib. Then, and he know regarding his patience upon the great difficulty and the extreme enmity that he faced in doing this in defending the prophet وسلم, and aiding him and protecting him no regarding that his patience he was very patient upon the great difficulty and the extreme enmity that he faced and he from the polytheist from the arabs from some of his tribes from his family from certain family members etc etc so know this and regarding abi talib very good attributes if we look at it we ponder and he did a lot of things from the for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam aiding al-islam defending al-islam and the muslims loving islam and the muslims loving tawheed Tawheed, and he was something in his heart, he accepted it. Walakin, very important point comes after this, as the author mentions. Walakin, lamma lam yadkhul fih, walam yatabarra min dinihi al-awwal, lam yasir muslima. But, because he did not enter into al-Islam, but because he did not enter into al-Islam, and he did not free himself from his previous religion. He did not free himself from, him, for his, from his previous religion. Therefore, he did not become a Muslim. He did not and he accept Al-Islam and become a Muslim. Muttalib. <laughs> وَرِهَاشِمْ وَغَيْرُهِمَا بِنْ مَشَايِخِهِمْ 
And he did not become Muslim. He did not free himself from the religion of his father. And his reason and his excuse that he gave himself or the excuse that he gave was that if he did and he accept Islam fully and entered into Al-Islam, that will directly or indirectly be a form of revilement and belittling his father, Abdul Muttalib. And likewise for Hashim and other than them from his elders. So he's excused and he liked everything about Islam. He liked and loved the Muslim. He loved to heed. He had to heed in his heart. But he did not enter in Al-Islam because he saw that if he accepted Al-Islam and entered in Al-Islam fully, then that would be and he reviling and belittling his father, Abdul Muttalib. And he and Hashim and other than them from his elders. So know this. Then, and you know that due to his closeness to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his aid that he gave to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he intended and sought forgiveness and he from him for him sought forgiveness for him then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed and he to his Prophet مَا كَانَ لِنَبِيهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا أُولِي قُرْبَى مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُمْ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ Allah Azzawajal revealed this verse to his messenger first and foremost regarding Abu Talib and he, the, the verse and the meaning of the verse is that it is not for the Prophet and for those who believe to seek forgiveness for the Pushrikeen, the polytheist. Even if they are from their closest relatives after it has been clear to them or after he has been made clear to them that they are from Ashabul Jaheel, the companions of the hellfire. They will be from the, and the dwellers of the hellfire. Then the author says, Furthermore, what clarifies this is that Annahu, Ida Arafa Rajulun. So, what, and the extra he added to this. So, what clarifies this more for a person and it is the example that if a man were to know a person from Ahlul Basra wal Ahsa know to and you know a person a man from any location and this person loved the religion Al-Islam 
and loved the Muslims. And upon this, he did not aid the religion as Abu Talib did. He did not use any form of wealth. He did not use his hands in any way or form. I need to help Al-Islam and the Muslims. And he did not have any excuse as Abi Talib. Can I ponder now for the case and regarding such a person? Understand the case of Abu Talib. How much he did for the Prophet and the end, the Muslimin. Now, if you compare that with another person who has love for Al-Islam, Okay, love for the Muslims, but he did not do anything to help Al-Islam and from his wealth, etc., etc. And he did, not, he did not have any excuse and he asked Abu Talib. So, and he with, will such a person, and he meaning he will such a person be considered to be and he a Muslim if Abu Talib was not considered to be a Muslim and he did not. The sheikh, uh, the sheikh says, and the author, the author says, And the person will understand the reality. Upon this, a person will understand the reality. And of most of the people who claim religion, and who claim to be and upon the religion and be very practicing. And will be clear to him guidance from misguidance. And a person will understand the incorrect understanding. The correct types of understanding. And Allah uh, we seek. Allah is the one we seek his aid from. And Allah we seek aid. And this is what the author wrote as the fourth event and now we will look at the explanation of Sikh Ta'ala regarding this and take some lessons from it Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan Ta'ala he says and Abu Talib he was the uncle of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when the father of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed away and his name was Abdullah ibn al-Muttalib. Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib. When he passed away, the Prophet ﷺ was still a fetus. Yeah? A fetus in the womb of his mother. And, and he went, When he وسلم, was born, his grandfather Abdul Muttalib and he took care of him. He sort of became his guardian. He sort of became the person and who took the responsibility of bringing him up. <clears throat> so therefore he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and when he was born, he was an orphan. He was an orphan. He did not have a father. But his mother, and he was still alive. So Islamically, if a person's father passes away, I mean, they still at that age or very young, they considered to be an orphan, even if their mother is alive. So he was an orphan. So his grandfather, and he took care of him and took the responsibility of, and he 
bringing him up. And when Abdul Muttalib, his grandfather, was about to die, and he came close to his death, he passed that responsibility to his son, Abi Talib. Yeah, he passed that responsibility to his son, Abu Talib. And who was the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. The brother of the father of the Prophet ﷺ. And the scholars mentioned that at that time, he ﷺ was about eight years old. Eight years old. When Abu Talib took the responsibility of bringing him up. And Abu Talib, he took that responsibility in the best way possible. And he brought up the Prophet ﷺ and nurtured him and he was very good to him and very kind to him. So when he reached the time when Allah revealed revelation to the Prophet ﷺ and sent him to the whole of mankind, Abu Talib he stood with the Prophet وسلم, protecting him and defending him. So he continued that responsibility that his father gave to him. Even if the Prophet وسلم, and he now was a man, he still and he took that responsibility very seriously and he continued to and he defend and stand with the Prophet And during this, he endured harm from Quraysh. He endured harm from his own tribe. Because he, and he was protecting the Prophet thus he was protecting the da'wah of the Prophet And he was defending him and in every way possible. And he, Abu Talib, during this, he exposed himself to a lot of dangers. He exposed himself to starvation. And he, because the, the Mushrikeen, they besieged the Muslim and the Prophet he, they, he, they besieged the Muslims. They, and he confined them in a certain location and prevented them from going out of that location and they tried to starve them nobody could go out nobody could go in and they tried only to to starve them and they tried to cut them off cut food uh, uh, and he cut off food and drink etc etc that nobody could have any el- and nobody else could have any contact any with them and amongst them the Prophet and the Muslims, and likewise amongst them, in there was Abu Talib. He likewise, and he was besieged, and he went through those hardships along with the Prophet and the Muslims. And he was very patient upon that. He did not stop defending the Prophet He did not stop, and he protecting the Prophet But he remained, and he patient. And as we mentioned, Ibn Kathir, that he, and he used to, uh, he had any poetry that he read, Abu Talib. And in it, he would praise any, the, the religion that the Prophet came with. 
he would praise the religion as being the and he the best and he of the religion of mankind again from them he said wala qad alimtu bi anna deen muhammad min khayri adyan albariya dina so it's narrated that he said and it is and i have come to know funny for sure that the religion of muhammad is the best of the religion for mankind and the best religion for mankind so he only used to praise and the religion of muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and and he believed and he knew that the prophet was truthful and in his message وَأَنَّهُ لَمْ يَمْنَعْهُ مِنْ إِتِّبَاهِ And that nothing prevented him, Abu Talib, from entering into Al-Islam except that he feared that if he entered into Al-Islam that would be a way of indirectly or directly reviling the religion of his forefathers. And those who used to worship the idols. Those who used to worship the idols. So therefore, his sort of asabiya, okay, his sort of fanaticism, and his fanaticism, and his sort of partisanship, and for his elders held on, and to this way of ignorance of sort of, and protecting their honor. So that led him or prevented him from, and following. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Shaykh continues and he says, <coughs> Abu Talib, when he was about to die, he was on his deathbed. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to him, and with Abu Talib there was Abu Jahl, Abu Jahl, and another person. From Bani Makhzum. So the Prophet entered and he upon him. He was on his deathbed. He was close to dying. The signs were there. Abu Jahl and he was there. And another person, Sheikh Salat Fuzan, mentions from Bani Makhzum. So the Prophet وسلم, he said to him, to his uncle on his deathbed, Ya Am, Qul la ilaha illallah. Kalimatun uhajulaka biha indallah. So, oh, my uncle, say, La ilaha illallah. Say that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. A statement that I will testify for you. A statement by which I will testify for you before Allah. When he said this, Abu Jahl and the person who was with him. They said to Abu Talib, Do you leave or are you leaving or will you leave the religion of Abdul Muttalib? So they used that against him. They knew that he wanted to keep the honor of his father and his forefathers. So they said to him, Do you leave or do you want to leave? Or are you going to leave the religion of Abdul Muttalib? So the Prophet ﷺ, he again said, said that to him. Said that, encouraged him to say, La ilaha illallah, to accept al-Islam. And they both said the same thing to him. 
Are you going to leave the religion of Abdul Muttalib? And the last thing that he, Abdul Muttalib, said before he passed away was that he was upon the religion of Abdul Muttalib. Meaning he did not free himself from the pagan religion of Abdul Muttalib. He did not accept Al-Islam and he died upon that. He died upon that. And he did not die into a state of Al-Islam. So then the Prophet said, I am going to seek forgiveness for you if I am not prevented to do so. If I am not prevented to do so. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verse. وَمَا كَانَ لِنَبِيِّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا أُلِي كُرْبَى مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُمْ أَصْحَابُ الْجَهِيمِ And it is not for the Prophet and those who believe to seek forgiveness for the mushrikeen. Even if they are the closest of their relatives. And after it has been made clear to them that they are from the dwellers of the hellfire and says this and Allah revealed a verse and regarding Abu Talib Allah said indeed you meaning Muhammad you do not guide those whom you love but Allah guides whosoever he is pleased and with. Or Allah guides whosoever he wills. And he is, or he has more knowledge of those who are guided. He has more knowledge of those who are guided. Joseph al-Fawzani says that this indicates and points to the fact that praising Islam and praising the Prophet وسلم, and believing that Islam is haq, is the truth and that the Prophet وسلم, came with the truth that if a person believes in all this and does all this and they do not follow the Prophet وسلم, that won't benefit such a person that will not benefit a person. So if a person came with the best of praises, the best of belief regarding Al-Islam and the Prophet وسلم, but he did not want to follow the Prophet وسلم, he chose not to follow him, therefore all of his praises, all of his good words regarding Islam and the Prophet وسلم, and his belief that Islam is the truth, but he himself, he did not want to follow it, and all that will not benefit him in the hereafter. And that, and he praise those praises and belief will not enter him into the fold of Al-Islam until a person frees himself from his previous religion and accepts and follows the Prophet wasallam. The Sheikh says, it is a must and a condition here it is a must <coughs> to follow the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says because if this was sufficient 
to benefit a person in the hereafter to be from the people of paradise, to be a Muslim, then that would have benefited Abu Talib. But indeed, Abu Talib, he did even more. He did and he even more. So the acknowledgement from a person that Islam is truth and that the Prophet wasallam was truthful yeah, and in defending Al-Islam, etc., etc., all of this will not benefit a person except if he adds following the Prophet except if he follows the Prophet and the Prophet said in Allah indeed Allah will aid this religion and he with an immoral person person who is a fajr and he involved in all types of sins etc etc in vice person who is immoral even Allah will aid the religion yani, with any such people. So the Sheikh says, min al It is a must. And if a person to enter into the fall of Al Islam, it is a must. And for him to follow the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, helping Al Islam and praising Al Islam and the Prophet sallallahu all of that won't benefit a person. If you look. Abu Talib, he was from the closest of relatives to the Prophet And him being a close relative to the Prophet that could not even benefit him. That did not benefit him. And for him to be considered from the Muslims, for him to be considered from the people of paradise, that did not any benefit him any at all because he did not any follow the Prophet The Shaykh continues, he mentions and he regarding with Allah Azza wa Jal and he mentions to the Prophet Sallallahu that indeed you cannot guide those whom you will or those whom you love Muhammad Sallallahu but indeed Allah and he guides and he, whoever he wills. So therefore nobody has any control over the hearts of the people. A person can only call people to Al-Islam. Only call people to Al-Islam. If we see from a person, he has the best of attributes, he is living his life as a Muslim, he praises Al-Islam, accepts Tawheed, but he stops there and he does not accept Al-Islam, meaning he does not follow the Prophet wasallam, and that which has been revealed to Muhammad wasallam. therefore he is not a Muslim. Therefore, and he is not a Muslim. He does not enter into the fold of Islam. The Sheikh continues and he says, and he those who upon batil, and he and shirk is batil. And those who are upon batil. They are upon shirk, even if they have the best of kalam, speech, etc. regarding Al-Islam, it does not, it, this is not sufficient to enter a person into Al-Islam. La Buddha min al is a must to, and to follow the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because if we again, and we see 
And in this mas'ala here, we will find it is something which is very precise. All of the people will, and you read this, and just for them, it's just a way of just reading the seerah of the Prophet wasallam. Reading that event, this is what happened, and this is etc, etc. They want, and they extract these benefits and from it. That's why you find all of the people who sit down in gatherings and gatherings reading the seal of the Prophet so many times, so many times they're reading, reading and reading so fast. And you look to the actions, the actions, they go to the righteous who've passed away in the graves according to them and they seek intercession, they make dua, they perform and they uh, a sacrifice and he fought them etc etc and they are from the most people who are reading the sila and he over and over again more than anyone else if they're not reading with understanding they're not extracting any of those benefits for them they're reading but and they do not read with the correct understanding and that does not really benefit them that does not really benefit them and you find that we have the guidance here and he with us, the Quran and the Sunnah. And the life of the Prophet ﷺ is with us. All that occurred from the beginning of Al-Islam and the progression of Al-Islam to, to the death of the Prophet ﷺ, events that occurred and major lessons to be learned in it and regarding the creed, regarding Aqeedah. But a lot of the people, and either they... And they have been given false information, so therefore when they read, they are reading with the wrong understanding. Or they choose and to leave the understanding that they are getting from it. Because like Abu Talib did, Abu Talib, why he did not accept Al-Islam? Because if he, if he accepts Islam, that will be and reviling his elders, reviling his forefathers. Because his forefathers, they were upon shirk, they were worshipping the... And he the idols, so therefore if he accepts Al-Islam and he totally and follows Muhammad وسلم, and Muhammad is prohibiting people from worshipping and he the idols, so therefore and he felt that will be and he belittling and reviling and his elders. Same thing you find and he nowadays from a lot of those who ascribe themselves to Al-Islam. They it prevents themselves from entering the sunnah. They prevent themselves from entering the sunnah, from accepting the sunnah. And because why? They have the same asabiyah, that partisanship, and regarding their people, what their fathers are upon. They want to cling to that, even if their father upon ship, because that will be reviling them. At the end of the day, and Islam came with the haqq, and a person is upon a person to follow the haqq, not to follow batil, and to follow people of batil. If we read the Quran, we will see and the stories of the Prophet like Ibrahim. The stories of the Prophet like Prophet Ibrahim. And where he freed himself from his father who worshipped idols. Following the haq. So people need to have that as their goal. And he following the haq and not following what the elders are upon. 
what the forefathers are upon, what my tribe is upon, what my village is upon. That would be an al-asabi al-jahiliya. This will be sort of holding to and have this any jahiliya ignorance, partisanship any for their for their people and for what their any the people practice. The Shaykh continues and he says and he based upon this and if those who pray and they fast and they testify to la ilaha illallah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah okay, and they do all of these actions but they do not leave off shirk they do not leave shirk and if they worship the graves they worship the domes and they appeal for health for Afan, they appeal for help from, from the deceased in the graves. And they offer sacrificial slaughter for those who are in the graves. And he says, how can any their actions benefit them? How can their actions of salah and fasting, etc., etc., benefiting them? Because the Sheikh says, because as we know, Actions do not benefit a person if shirk is present. Actions do not benefit a person if shirk is present. That person is engaging in shirk. And in major shirk. Because Allah Azzawajal says, and Allah Azzawajal says, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَتَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Allah Azzawajal says, and revealing this verse to Muhammad وسلم, and indeed it has been revealed to you, O Muhammad, and to those who came before you, that if you ascribe partners to him, if, if you ascribe partners to me, if you commit shirk, your actions will be nullified, your actions will be invalid, and you will be from the losers. So this verse indicates if major shirk is present, if shirk is present, then the actions do not benefit because shirk invalidates the actions. Shirk invalidates only the actions. And he saw those who pray and fast, etc., etc., and they are committing major shirk. How and can they think that their actions is benefiting them? Don't they understand that this shirk that they are performing is invalidating their good deeds that they are trying to perform on the other side, on the other hand. So this is a very important point here that the Shaykh and he's mentioned. A lot of people do not think. A lot of people and they do not think. They're doing actions which, in which and they're worshipping Allah, hoping for reward, hoping for paradise, hoping for Jannah. And on the other hand, they bring in that which opposes it and invalidates it and corrupts it. As the verse clearly mentions, if you commit shirk, then your actions will be nullified and you will be from the losers. <coughs> Sheikh says, And if a person does not free themselves from the mushrikeen, 
and they do not cut themselves off. They don't cut themselves off from their religion and the religion of the mushrikeen. That will not benefit them. And meaning that good praise and that good intention that they have any regarding al-islam will not benefit them if they do not take that step to free themselves from shirk and their previous religion and accept islam totally and follow the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam here we find any brothers and sisters and we find a very important benefit in this another doubt another shubha if the people were to read and this event from the seerah a lot of things will come very clear to them a lot of the things will be clarified very easy but then the issue comes if the people would accept or will they still cling to the way the elders are or the way of the elders the practices of the elders God of the people they want to protect that they want to protect that and he still ascribe themselves to certain practices that are innovations that are shirk and and they want accept the sunnah enter the sunnah and accept the sunnah totally and practice the sunnah because that will be a way of so belittling and reviling what my elders, what my father is upon, and from shirk, etc., etc. And we must be a people who follow the haqq. As we see great examples from the prophets of Allah in the Quran. The way they strove and the way they dealt with their people. And the way they call their people. And they clarified that they are not upon what their people are upon. They call their people to Tawheed, to worship Allah Azza alone, and they prohibited them from shirk. So a person must realize that at the end of your life, you will be accountable to Allah, you alone. You will be placed before Allah, and you will be accountable. Be accountable. There will be nobody else there I need to help you. There will be no elders who you try to protect by not any accepting Tawheed and Al-Islam because you feel it will revile them on that day. They won't be able to help you. What will benefit you on that day is you accepting the truth in the dunya, accepting Al-Islam, accepting the Sunnah, rejecting Shirk, and, and he following the true message that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he came with. That is what will benefit any a person on that day. On that day, your records will be taken out. It will be shown to you. Actions and deeds and it will be shown. So therefore, what will be a person's state at that point? Would he still have been a believer at the point that he died? Or would he would have died in a state where he had rejected the true and the message of Al-Islam? And only Allah knows and whosoever dies upon Tawheed, whoever dies upon Shirk, whoever will go to Jannah or the Hellfire, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and he has that knowledge but we need to fear for ourselves if you want Jannah and in paradise you need to work for the remainder of your life to be upon and the Quran and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the the righteous Salaf and he and practice what's been revealed in it upon the correct understanding apply the Sunnah free yourself from shirk and from bid'ah etc etc be upon that and, and be persistent upon it that inshallah you will die upon that do not have false hopes that you will just remain what your elders are upon, are upon and if what they are upon and it is shirk and bid'ah etc etc that you will be fine you will be fine and you need yourself you need to make that effort because we do not know in what state we are and he going to die so this and the event and we conclude money with this teaches us a very and very important point and takes away a doubt uh, Abu Talib regarding him being the uncle of the Prophet being very close relative and we see that he acknowledged Tawheed and accept Tawheed and he saw the Mushrikeen as being and he foolish for their worship of idols and other than that and he stood next to the Prophet defending him protecting him with every single thing that he had from his status his influence of others he would use that influence his wealth to defend and protect the Prophet and the Muslimin all of that all of that that he did and he had in his heart for the Prophet and the Muslims he did not free himself from the religion of his father Abdul Muttalib he did not free himself from the religion of the polytheist he did not and he accept and follow the Prophet and he died upon that and he will be in the hellfire he will be in the hellfire as the hadith and he clearly mentions from the Prophet that he Abu Talib and he will have the least um, from the least of punishment in the hellfire where about there will be stones at his feet that would be so hot and burning they will be at his feet and that will boil his brain and his brain will be boiling just by this and hot stones being by his feet the Sunnah, the Prophet clarified that he, Abu Talib, and he is in the hellfire. He will be in the hellfire. And that will be his punishment. And that will be his punishment. His punishment was reduced. And because of his aid to Al-Islam, Allah reduced his punishment. But he will be eternally in the hellfire. And he being punished. And he imagined that the least of punishment in the hellfire, and it is hot stones, burning stones by his feet and his brain will be boiling his brain and he will be boiling so this clearly clarifies if anybody had any doubts regarding Abu Talib or regarding the actions of people that they are praising Islam etc etc that automatically that makes them a Muslim and your person needs to clearly and he accept Al-Islam and clearly he needs to follow Muhammad really accept and follow what Muhammad came with for them to be entered into the state of Al-Islam 
So we end with this. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad.